You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. The time is 11.59. You were just listening to Erotica with award-winning adult actress Nina Nygaard. The temperature is 69 degrees with a slight damp chill in the air. Scientists attribute the strange and beautiful colors in the night sky to an explosion at the Welsh Jennings facility located just off of Sacred Burial Road. We have been assured that there is nothing to worry about. Just relax and enjoy the light show. Funding for WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is made possible through a generous donation from the Welsh Jennings Corporation. Welsh Jennings, building a better tomorrow, today. It's midnight. The Witching Hour. Time for WKMF's most modestly rated show, The Late Night Fright, with Dan and Faith. Stay spooky, kookies. Welcome to WKMF, Cozy Corner Publix Radio, most modestly rated show, The Late Night Fright. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my modestly rated co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. (laughs) Hi, Faith. Faith, I'm going to wear that modestly rated like a badge of honor. (laughs) You go for it. Means we're not too good. (laughs) Not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) Why set a standard? We are the standard. Right? (laughs) The standard of mediocrity. Did you have a chance to check out uh, Erotica with Nina Nygaard tonight? I did. Yeah, how was yeah, it? It was pretty good. Yeah. You didn't catch it? Uh, I did not catch Aww. it. Um, I'm a big fan of her segment, Tales from the Backseat, though. I think that's uh, that's wonderful. I'm a huge fan of her work, and congratulations on her uh, adult video award that yes. she got from the Cozy Corner Adult Video Association. Uh, apparently, we have a booming adult entertainment industry here in cozy corner cozy corner after hours after dark uh the pay-per-view adult channel is doing very well and uh it's amazing that a pay-per-view adult channel is doing so well considering we're living in the age of the internet where this stuff is available for free for free so Mm -hmm. i don't know questions faith questions i have questions (laughs) tonight we're going to ask a question though we're going to ask the eternal question. You know the eternal question, right? It's not the meaning of life. It's not why are we here? What are we doing here? Where are we going? Where have we been? No, Faith. The eternal question is, what happens when Jennifer Aniston's godfather does battle with an evil doll voiced by Rocky the Flying Squirrel? Faith, you know the answer to that question. I think it's murder. Murder. Yeah. Murder. Can you give it to me more ominous? Murder. <laughs> I like it. Awful. I like it. I like it. That's better. Yeah, that was a little bit That's better. better. This is indeed <laughs> faith, the question that has occupied the minds of our great thinkers for years. Hmm. It is a question that can only be answered <laughs> in the Twilight Zone. Absolutely. <laughs> you ready for this? Yes. Check this out. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. That was wonderful. Pretty cool, huh? That was great. Pretty cool. I practiced. <laughs> I've been practicing all week. 
So the Twilight Zone, we've talked about the Twilight Zone before. We mm-hmm. did the William Shatner episode, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Uh, one of our favorites, uh, the booger gremlin on the wing of the plane. We didn't do another one after that? We may have. I feel like I, I feel like, like we, we, did. we did. We'll have to look it up. Hmm. Uh, with so many shows, Faith. <laughs> <laughs> so many shows and like life, they, they just keep running together. Uh, so the Twilight Zone <laughs> is the creation of Rod Serling, screenwriter and playwright. The series ran from October 2nd, 1959 through June, June 19th, 1964. There it is. In total, there were 156 episodes over five seasons. Tonight, we will be talking about the 126th episode, Living Doll, written by Jerry Soule over one afternoon and credited to Charles Beaumont. Do you know why it was credited to Charles Beaumont and nope. not to Jerry Soule? Because Charles Beaumont suffered from a mysterious brain illness and was unable to meet his writing obligations. Poor Hmm. guy. He had a very early onset. They think like Alzheimer's or something. He was in his 30s. It was it was pretty, pretty horrific story. And Jerry Soul is best remembered for the Corbomite maneuver, the third episode of the original Star Trek series. That's the one where Captain Kirk says, if you destroy us, the Corbomite and our ship's going to destroy you. And it turns out that the evil, ugly, creepy alien Balok was indeed Clint Howard, (laughs) brother of Ron Howard, who himself is a creepy alien. (laughs) We love Clint Howard, though, don't we? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Living Doll premiered on November 1st, 1963. This stars Telly Savalas as Eric Strader, Mary LaRoche as Annabelle Strader, Tracy Stratford as Christy Strader, and June Foray, Rocky the Flying Squirrel, as Talkie Tina. Talkie Tina is based on Chatty Cathy, which was also ba- uh, voiced by June Foray, Rocky the Flying Squirrel. The Minimalist score is by longtime Hitchcock collaborator Bernard Herrmann and uses bass clarinet, harps, and celeste. Nice. Ooh, celeste. Celeste. I have a friend named Celeste, and I call her Celeste. <laughs> I just feel it, you know, bumps it up a notch. Living Doll is cited as a major influence on 1988's Tom Holland-directed Child's Play, the film that introduced audiences to another killer doll named Chucky. We have an episode coming up on Child's Play. Also, there is a creepy doll in this and a character named Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. This sounds familiar, does it not, Faith? It does. And yes, Telly Savalas was indeed Jennifer Aniston's godfather. I didn't make that up. Didn't make that up. <laughs> Telly Savalas was a Greek actor, Greek American actor, most famous for playing Kojak. Uh, Telly Savalas was most proud of being Greek. Okay. Very proud of that. He was very proud of it. That's cool. And he's a uh, he's an icon for bald men everywhere. <laughs> uh, myself being one of them. <laughs> So the Internet Movie Database, the IMDb, the IMDba, the synopsis of this episode reads as follows. Are you ready for this? Faith? Yes. A frustrated father does battle with his stepdaughter's talking doll, whose vocabulary includes such phrases as I hate you and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Faith, these are things that we say to each other multiple times a day and always with love. <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is here. I don't, I don't get it. Mm-mm. I don't get it. So, Faith, what did you think of uh, Living Doll from the Twilight Zone? I loved this episode. This is, I mean, this is some good TV. 
pretty creepy TV. This is great TV, creepy TV. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, I had not seen this episode. I was aware of this episode, but I had not seen this episode. And uh, in doing research for Child's Play, I saw that this was mm-hmm. you know, the biggest influence yeah. on it. And I said, well, we have to do this because <laughs> any excuse to watch The Twilight Zone, A, yes. to be a lard and just you know lard around watching The Twilight Zone. <laughs> and uh, any, and then any excuse to do The Twilight Zone on the show, we're going we're gonna to jump at that. Um, this really impressed me. Me and too. how good it is. What I liked about it was how minimalist this is. Mm-hmm. It's it takes place in one location in the house. You have creepy doll, and that's really all you need. This <laughs> lifeless, evil, creepy doll. Yeah, very creepy. Yes. Let's uh let's get into it. Uh let's start with the Telly Savalas performance. Before we do that, I just want to go back. Uh, I can't believe we overlooked this. Jerry Soul wrote this in an afternoon. Let's just appreciate the fact that Jerry Soul wrote this in, an, in, in a sitting. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. And from what I've read, it was all there. Like, it was it was all there. Nice. Uh, and going back to Charles Beaumont, um, Jerry Soul, they were very good friends. And there were several writers on the show that, that were doing this for him mm-hmm. because he was he was so sick. And he insisted on splitting the money with them, the royalties. Mm, so nice. it, it's it's a sad, sad story. But, uh, you know, there's some night, you know, it's right. isn't that amazing how things that are so often so awful. You see these glimpses of sunlight and, yeah. and, and human kindness come through. And it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. But uh, he but Jerry Soul wrote this in one afternoon. So let's nice. uh, let's start with Telly Savalas, because Telly Savalas, uh, Academy Award nominated actor. Uh, cultural icon for playing Kojak. He was in a whole bunch of movies. He was, uh, he did it all. He did it all. Uh, he, all every movie, just like Nicolas Cage. Ev- just like Nicholas, yes. He was Nicholas Cage of the 60s and 70s. One of the ironies of his career is he had, he had worked so hard. He's probably best remembered on screen for The Dirty Dozen. He plays Lieutenant Maggot in that. And he's terrible. He's the worst of, he's the dirtiest of The Dirty Dozen. Um, but he was in a movie called Kelly's Heroes with uh, Clint Eastwood. And uh, he had just really worked up to leading man status and the studio system fell out from under him. So then he ended up in television and he ended up as Kojak and became this, you know, maybe a bigger star, right. you know, because he was coming into the living rooms every night. Uh, by all accounts, he so was like Santa Claus. <laughs> Telly, yes. Telly Savalas was like he, Santa Claus. Yes. A bald headed Santa Claus. So he's just like so many people. Just like Nicolas Cage and Santa Claus. <laughs> Saint Nick. <laughs> Now, I have heard that there is a movie in production called Fat Man in which Mel Gibson is going to be playing Santa Claus in which a uh, young kid gets a lump of coal and puts a hit out on Santa. Um, I feel like we're being, uh, you know, we're not we, we should be getting the Nicolas Cage version of Santa Claus. That's that's what I really want to see. Yes. But uh, we're going off the beaten path here. We got to get back on the rails, Faith. Telly Savalas was regarded as one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Uh, Burt Lancaster. Helped him out when he was a young, struggling actor. And Telly Savalas never forgot that kindness. And he tried to pay that forward. He helped out a lot of, a lot of you know, actors and actresses getting their start. And uh, was apparently just a, a great, wonderful man. Um, he plays a real jerk here. And this is what he excelled at. Eric Strader is a jerk. So let's start with the Savalas performance. What did you think of, uh, of Telly Savalas? Oh, man. You're, you're right. I mean, he's a complete jerk. But I feel like there's like... A, a tidbit of you that's like I hope he figures out how to get rid of this doll like a yeah. little bit you know <laughs> I mean but he's awful you're not completely rooting against him although you're not completely rooting, rooting for him for him right yes 
What did you think of his screen presence? He's very, um, hmm. What's, what am I trying to say? He's very, um, I don't have a word. I know the word I'm, I'm thinking of. For me, it's like when Telly Savalas is on screen. No one else is right. on screen. Well, I think, yeah, I think dominant was the word. Dominant, I mean, that's I mean, a great that's, word. You know, yeah. I mean, this, it's just, there he is and yeah, everybody else kind of this, uh <laughs> We've talked about this with certain actors before. Robert England being one who seems like just the nicest gentleman in the world and plays these awful characters. Mm-hmm. Telly Savalas, like I said, I was... I was going through his biography and everybody had these nice things to say about him. And they said he just excelled at playing a jerk. Uh, DeForest Kelly, Dr. McCoy from Star Trek, same way, the, like nicest guy in Hollywood and could play a bastard with the best of them. So it's like that, that hidden thing, man, I, I want to act this way. Like, you know, this is what I keep hitting. Here it comes, you know, uh, dominant, like put upon, uh, I wouldn't call him henpecked in this situation, but um, feeling pressure. You can tell there's some money woes and the, yeah. the wife has gone out and bought something they may or may not be able to afford. And so there's, you know, and she has a child. So he's a stepfather. We need to add that yes. he's a stepfather because that's going to come up in something I want to, I want to bring up here that, um, that I found very interesting here. Um, one of the things I found interesting about the way that uh, Eric Strader is portrayed is for me, the running thing in this was impotence. Were you catching the the run of impotence here? Yeah, because yeah. that's not his kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right. he has problems with the, the money being spent. Yes, she poo poos him. You know, it's it's almost like it's his fault. Right. You know, so this again. Now he is a jerk, but the poor guy. He does have a point. Right. You know, for some of this, right? Yeah. So impotence. Um, you also the other thing uh, it's it is kind of outright spelled for you because they can't have kids and you get the idea that it's on his end yep. with the problem you know mm-hmm. now whether or not he has some kind of dysfunction or he's shooting blanks they don't they're not too right. out front about that but there is impotence you right. know and they say that you know uh, they, nope. you know can't have kids but uh, the image the image that I take from this. There's a scene where he's sitting down and he's cracking a bowl of walnuts Mm -hmm. and he's cracking these nuts and I'm going, well, that's the whole thing right there. (laughs) Like, I don't think it was a mistake that there's a bowl of nuts and he's sitting there cracking the nuts because that is what is happening to this guy throughout. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Yeah. throughout, Throughout this entire episode. The wife, the wife's kicking him in the balls. The the daughter's kicking him in the balls. The doll, the doll. is kicking him in the balls. And the guy's just sitting there like, I mean, like, this is his whole life now. Now, he, you, know, his, you know, his nuts getting cracked. I didn't even think of that. It just, that, that just, it just jumped out to me. I was like, that is so specific. Mm-hmm. And they come in on a close up of that bowl of they nuts. Do. And you see him come in with the, uh, with the nutcracker, you know, and. <laughs> And then the poor guy, like, he can't even crack his nuts in peace, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let Kojak have his have his nuts. Like, what is what is, what is wrong? But the but the impotence theme is is running throughout this this entire yeah. show, you know? And again, I like what you said. You're not rooting for him, right. but you're not like rooting against him right. either, you know? And if and if he comes across, I think the guy is 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 a is a decent enough guy but it's just like you're catching him on this bad day you know and all this and uh 
you know, it's like, it's like, just leave me alone. I want to crack my nuts, you know, <laughs> uh, she's out spending money we don't have. Yeah. You know, goddamn dolls talking to me. <laughs> I just want to crack my nuts. <laughs> For real. For real. Oh, man. So. Uh, his stepdaughter's name is Christy, mm-hmm. which I'm going to assume is short for Christina. I was thinking the same thing. In and the, the doll's Tina. name is Talkie Tina. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad okay, you did. Okay, <laughs> well, let's let's bring it up. Do you see the doll as an extension of Christy's personality? Yes. Okay. They also kind of look alike. Right. <laughs> right. But they okay. were laying next to each other. I was like, they look identical almost. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this question. Now we're going to get into creepy territory here. (laughs) Do you think that there's more going on? Because I I have uh, a theory on this that I think is backed up by visual evidence in the Mm -hmm. show. So do you think? I want to hear what you have to say because I I have a thought. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There's a shot of him. They're in. He's in bed, Mm -hmm. and he gets up because he hears something, Mm -hmm. and he hears the doll. And he goes out of his bedroom. There's this big shadow of him on the wall because this, this is a black and white episode, which is beautiful, by the way. Yes, it is. Isn't so it? beautiful. There's a big shadow of him on the wall and he ever so gingerly creeps into the daughter's room. Mm-hmm. And that that's OK. But if you take it with the doll being extension of Christy and saying, I hate you, you could. OK, so you can read that up to this point as. You know, I hate you. You know, I'm going to kill you because, OK, here's this guy who's come into their lives. I think I think her dad's dead. So here's a stepfather mm-hmm. who doesn't seem to be a very nice guy right. or at least the most uh, open, you know, empath- empathetic guy. Right. You know, OK. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of pissy. <laughs> you know, he just wants to crack his nuts. Right. OK. And uh, so you could read it as, you know, I don't like you because we're not getting along. OK. So what if there's some kind of sexual abuse going on here? Okay, so this guy's impotent, can't have kids with the wife, and I am reading more into this, you know, than than I could find online. But I right. uh, can't, you know, maybe, maybe because there's some kind of sexual abuse going on with this little girl. Now, up to this point, it's just, oh, this isn't a good guy. But there's the shot that they linger on where he goes walking into the room and is standing there over the bed, mm-hmm. looking at her, and in the shadows, his shadow is cast over the bed. So then it becomes like, well, is this doll protecting her? You know, right. You know, if she's projecting the little girl, she's protecting her from this big bad wolf, you know, mm-hmm. this Fred Krueger thing, you know, that's now going on. And right. that chilled me when I made that connection. I went, this isn't right. I there's more going on here mm-hmm. than we're getting uh, than we're getting because the doll only talks to him. He's the one doing the abusing. If you read it that way, even if it's not some kind of sexual abuse going on there, you know, she's not very fond of this guy, but I think that's the missing piece of, of the puzzle. Yeah. I can see that here. Yeah. I could definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it's chilling, isn't it? It It, really is. Um, and, uh, so I was getting the uh, I was getting the vibe from the Haunting of Hill House. I think it was the second episode with Mr. Smiley. Do you remember Mr. Smiley? Yes. When um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the character's name, the uh, the one who was psychic. She went to the house and she finds out the the little girl was seeing the uh, the wooden figure, and it turns out that it's on the couch. She would be on the couch, and the stepfather would abuse her on the couch, and she could see the the uh, the boards. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I can't remember if it was the ceiling. I think, I think it was the ceiling so. I think so. and it was the knotted boards 
and the figure that was haunting the house looked like mm-hmm. you know mr smiley because it it was the boards that she could see right. and i was going oh this okay this is interesting yeah. I think it's there. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I I think that's a component that is that is present here. That's that makes this even darker yeah. than it than it is. Because if it's just about a talking doll, it's not very interesting. <laughs> now it's it's a it's a nice creepy story, you know, murdering doll. But this doll has well, a reason. A reason why? Right. <laughs> she wants to just murder him, and it's not just because oh you spent too much money on the doll. I mean, that's not really a good enough reason, you know. Right, right. It doesn't really connect to the daughter aspect of right. And then the, the mother, daughter. the mother has been, you know, like I said, poo pooing him the entire time. You know, you're crazy. And then she hears it at the end. And my mm-hmm. thought on this, her being able to hear the doll at the end, is that she knew about all of the abuse going on, and not that she was allowing it, but was looking past it. She and we've talked was about to that say something. before. Yeah. yeah. And, and I forget, it was it was one episode in particular where something was going on and they knew it was going on and nobody said anything right. you know, about it. So that's my take on Living Doll, which I think is very, very uh, uh, creepy. And I could not <laughs> find anything. You know, there were people who were saying, oh, there's abuse going on, abuse going mm-hmm. on. But I couldn't find anything specifically citing sexual abuse. You know, and that's not right. something, you know, we like to talk about. But <laughs> I think textually, mm-hmm. visually, it's it's in the episode. Yeah. I can see that. You buy it. Yeah, okay. I'll buy that. Uh, what are some other just general thoughts about this episode? Uh, what about uh, June Foray? June Foray was a great voice actress. She did so much stuff. She, again, she is best remembered for Rocky the Flying Squirrel, and she was a, a member of the cast of the Jetsons. I mean, so many credits. And she recently passed away. Um, what do you think of her performance as a talkie Tina? It's creepy. <laughs> I don't want anything talking to me like that. I'm going to kill you. Right. Not even that. There's just that the specific tone to her voice. It's kind of creepy alone. Yeah. Like even the, I love you. It just has a weird. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always something very <laughs> off to me about things that are lifeless and inanimate that are talking. Uh-huh. And when you start assigning emotions to them, yes. it just bothers me. <laughs> me too. I don't like dolls. <laughs> yeah. When you were watching this, were you were you getting the Chucky vibe from this? Because I, can, I, I wasn't getting the Chucky vibe so much as the, inf- you the, could inf- see the influence. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't seeing Chucky specifically, but of course, yeah, the influence. Um because they're really different stories, oh, yeah. you know, but uh, I can see where they were pulling from, though, you know, I feel like this has a lot more depth than Child's Play. And mm-hmm. that's not taking anything away from this Child's was Play. Re- this really was intense for the most part. I mean, and it's what, 25 minutes yes. and it. You know, it, it's like a little stage play. And <laughs> and he ends up dying at the end. You know, she yeah. trips him and it, it's very the creep factor here is very high and what makes it even creepier is it's so normal there's Mm -hmm. nothing you know out of the box here outside of the doll talking which he may or may not be hearing you're right you're not sure it's really you know a creepy you know it's a creepy piece of work and and like we talk about with Wes craven with elm street you know it's taking place in your in your house in in your neighborhood you know this is the place you're supposed to feel safe and comfortable and (laughs) this could be your neighbors or it could be you that's the thing Mm -hmm. you know this could be going on in your house and that to me was was so creepy about it but anytime an inanimate object starts to talk and show signs of emotion without showing any emotion just just it bothers me me too bothers me what about the uh connection 
to Annabelle because that was something I I caught. I went Annabelle, yeah, and then I, I did that. read in uh, in some trivia that there is indeed you know the connection. Um, I am not as intimately familiar with with that world of the Conjuring and with the actual Annabelle story. I know the Annabelle doll was a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, and so I've always been terrified of Raggedy Ann dolls before that movie even came out. I don't know. Maybe I had a feeling. <laughs> maybe you did. Yeah. 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 You know, I read something interesting about um, the Chucky in, 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 uh, in this show. Somebody said they watched Child's Play first and then watched this and it didn't do anything for them because they felt that Chucky was funny. So this wasn't as scary. Yeah, that's interesting. That kind of interesting. I, I, I was like, you know, I don't know. I this is. I think it's pretty intense and creepy. You know, this is sixty years old now. I know. And like I said, I was watching it, and I was expecting a good fun time because mm-hmm. I always have a good time watching the Twilight Zone. I was not expecting this level of malevolence. Yeah. In this, and it's hiding in plain sight. That's what's the thing about it. Like the dolls hiding in plain sight. If you take my reading on this, of the. Uh, possible sexual abuse going on i really believe it's there mm-hmm. i really believe it's there it's uh it's even more just frightening and and chilling and evil and again hiding in plain sight kind of terrible i, I did not expect that from right. this that was the thing also read something else that was kind of cool that i don't know where i really fall on it but they somebody made a point that uh what's her name christy her mom said she wanted this doll for so long she had been wanting it. And people were like, why this specific doll? And somebody's like, well, what if this doll, she knows that it has some type of like supernatural mm-hmm. powers to it, you know, and mm-hmm. it can kind of take over the mind of whoever owns it. Right. So, you know, like you said, if she's being abused, she can kind of channel it into that doll. I mean, that's an interesting yeah, you can You can read it. The, the, thing, the thing that's great about the doll, you can read it so many ways where mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> it's just its own thing or right. it's an extension of her and then it's but it also like it's a protector in a way like right it's it's really it's really interesting because mm-hmm. then if he is abusing her the doll is actually doing a solid for everybody right but if he's not doing anything he's just a jerk the doll's <laughs> you know the doll's a jerk too you know exactly <laughs> so it, it's it's a really great piece of work as as are all of the twilight zone episodes and that's what i love about this this series mm-hmm. you know there's so many things you can explore in this series right. you know because it's the anthology style of it and like i said this was a complete surprise i was aware of this when i had not seen it if i had seen it it was a long time ago and forgotten it but i can't imagine forgetting right this yeah you probably never you know <laughs> yeah i think probably i hadn't seen it but it was was aware of it right. and it really took me back like how not only how great this was and I was expecting greatness because of the twilight zone, right? but how good this is. And like I said, scary, really, really scary. (laughs) Really? It's great. You could do this on stage. That's the thing. You could do this Mm -hmm. as a stage play. It would, it would really work. And, um, uh, you know, we talked about Telly Savalas, but, uh, Mary LaRoche is also in it, uh, as, as his wife and, uh, the little girl Stratford, uh, Tina Stratford, I believe is her name. Let me, uh, make sure that I get that. No, Tina's the doll. Tina's the doll. I'm sorry. Uh, Tracy Stratford plays Christy and, uh, Mary LaRoche's Annabelle Strader. Uh, they're wonderful too. You know, they, you know, the, mm-hmm. the wife, Annabelle, I really like that performance, you know, because put, a, 
put upon, but it stands up to him. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, you know, kind of, you kind of get the idea this woman might be at the end of her rope. She had no options left. You know, at this time, her husband's dead, so she marries this guy, and this is the guy that she gets. So it's 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 interesting character study of the time. Yeah. And then, like I said, the the kind of awful aspects that are kind of creeping under the surface here in oh, I plain just, sight. I just thought of something too. I talked about the like supernatural aspect of the doll. I mean, she's like Jason or something. She can't. You can't kill her. <laughs> right. Puts her in the trash can. Fired. Tries to throw her in the fire, <laughs> which is a great uh, child's play. Did a great callback mm-hmm. to that, yeah. and you. You could tell that was an homage, yeah. you know, on their part. So they were very aware of the influence of this episode, you know? right? And I and I love that you can see the influence, but it's child's play is not copying this. Right, it's something different, but you can still yeah. see where they were. Yeah, which is great, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. So uh, I I really enjoyed this I as do. as I do all of the Twilight Zone. And like episodes. I said earlier, it's so it was really pretty. Like the black and white was really nice. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the I transfer. Heard, I almost even even paid attention that it was black and white. You know, if that yeah. makes any sense. But the high def transfer that they've nice. done on Netflix is really mm-hmm. really wonderful, and it's really it's really pretty to look at. And uh, the uh, this show is available right now for to stream on Netflix. Uh, as we said, this is a uh, season five, episode six, "Living Doll." Highly highly recommend yes. it. Um, if you've not seen it and you heard us talk about it, this is uh, you need to see it. Because hearing us talk about it doesn't do this justice. <laughs> no, you really need all. to see this to really feel feel the uh, the intensity the and the emotions intensity, of this yes. thing. Because it's uh, this is it's, it's a really great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, can't um, can't recommend it highly enough. Mm-mm. So, do you have anything else you would like to add about uh, the Twilight Zone um, or anything about this episode as it relates to Child's Play or, or anything? I think that's it on anything my part. Like that. Yeah. Um, watch more Twilight Zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's out there. It's on Netflix. It's uh it's a show that is well worth your time. Mm-hmm. So, this episode is uh a companion piece to Child's Play, which will be coming out tomorrow. 1988's Tom Holland directed film, which introduced moviegoers to Chucky, as we said. And Chucky is uh it's one of Faith's favorites. She oh, she's yeah. really fond of Chucky. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you want to hear how fond she is of Chucky. Tune in to our Child's Play episode. As we said, we do have at least one episode available on the Twilight Zone, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, starring William Shatner, directed by the great Richard Donner. That is available wherever podcasts can be found, as are all of the episodes of The Late Night Fright. So thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, thank you for joining us. If you're a return listener, thank you for your continued support. We hope to see all of you back in the future. And be sure to check out Child's Play, which will be hitting tomorrow. Faith? What should we? What should we tell them to keep their uh, keep their killer doll keep their killer doll on a leash? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm I'm really down with that. All right. So, well, until next time, I am Dan and I am Faith, and we want you to keep, keep your, your killer, killer doll, doll on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side. And Faith, mm-hmm. I hate you. No. <laughs> oh.